Okay, well, uh, I am so happy that you're here, especially if this is one of your first times here with us, especially if this is maybe the first time you've been to a, a building or a place like this in a long time. Uh, thank you for coming out and wanting to spend your Sunday morning with us. Uh, today we're going to be talking about identity. Identity, the question, who am I, right? Who are you? Uh, this question is something that has haunted me throughout my past. It seems to be uh, something that, as far as who I am, just a constant perpetual state of my being is this questioning of who I am. And uh, I just, I've always wanted to know, like, who am I? And maybe you're somebody that you've kind of gone through that a lot yourself. Uh, it says that we, there's like three main questions that we want to have answers to, and that's who am I? Where do I belong, and how do I know my life is going to matter? And without knowing those things, we just kind of automatically, aimlessly just live. And sometimes living without that purpose can be very, very hard and very, very difficult. Uh, but let's just think about this. Think about the very first time, okay, if you can think back that far, that, you're, that you came to grips with something about, like, who are you? Your first kind of handles on your own identity. I don't think you can think back that far. So maybe you can think back uh, to whenever you have your child and you're holding it in your hands and it's not coming up with its own identity, is it? Man, you're telling your child exactly who he or she is, right? Saying you are, your name is Zach. I'm your father. I'm your mother. You are loved. You are mine. Nothing's going to take me away from you. Right? Our first kind of handles on identity is, is, isn't something that we give ourselves. It's something that is spoken into us by our father, by our mother. And then we get a little bit more older. We get to where we can walk. We get a little bit more loosey-goosey, right? And uh, we start, like, exploring and getting all this energy out. And more and more, our parents are telling us uh, who, we are, who we are. You know, like, you're creative, Oh, you're so smart. You are so beautiful, so talented. You're going to be a doctor. You're going to be a, a college athlete. You're going to, you know, I'm not going to have to pay for the college, you know, the, trying to, like, please become that, right? Uh, yeah, and we, uh, we, get, we get told more and more who we are. And sometimes we just don't even know what, it, what, it, what the words are, right? Sometimes it's just we, become, we start doing these things, and then our parents are like a reflection you know, speaking back into like, okay, well, sweet, you do this, so like, that, you're creative, that's what that means. And uh, my first experience with any of this uh, was, I don't even know where or why this was happening, but for some reason, my dad was up at a podium, and there was a bunch of people, and I was sitting there, I think I was like, just like, doodling on something, and then all of a sudden, I hear my dad call my name, and turns out what he was doing was, he was up in front of a big group of people, giving awards to each one of his children. So my older sister and then the four of us boys, uh, he was giving awards out to, to us. And not for being like first place or doing something super well, but it was just things that were just for being us. Mine, actually, I recently have been moving, so I was digging through things, and I found the medal that he gave me. He gave me a medal. This is the only medal like I've ever wanted to actually keep. I've, I've had different moments in my life where I'm sitting there just throwing away my trophies and medals and stuff like that. My mom's coming like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Like, I was like five when I got this. Everybody got one, you know. Uh, 
But this one I always wanted to hold on to. And the first thing I did, I went up there, got this. I looked at the back, and it says creativity, Zachary. I immediately went to my mom. I was like, what does creativity mean? I had no idea what that word even meant. And then my mom spoke into me. Again, it's like, you know how you like to come up with weird new things? It's like, I was like, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know how you like to draw and, and be artistic and stuff like that? It's like, okay, yeah, yeah. It's like, that's what being creative is. I had no idea. So guess what? For the rest of my life, even up till today, I identify myself as something, as, as someone who is creative. And I don't even know if that's actually true. <laughs> I just have been, I was given to that by my father, and you know, that's just the way it is. I've accepted it and cherished it. I mean, it's the only medal that I've ever really wanted to keep. Uh, but then it goes into different things. You know, it's not just you trying to figure out who you are, and it's not just uh, your parents who are speaking your identity into you, because then you go to like elementary school, right? Those kids can be nasty. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard kids call other kids names, but they are so creative and so, some of y'all sitting right here right now, like I see you. Uh, the name calling, so, some things is like cool stuff, like, oh man, you're funny, right? Um, but then other times, it's, it's not, so, not so cool. When you get told repeatedly that, hey, you're dumb, right? You're stupid. You're ugly, you're fat. You got teachers saying, you'll never amount to anything, because you can't even do that, right? You got coaches that you can never do enough for, or they're trying to pin you, say that this is who you are, you're this position, you'll never be more than this. And you're like, I, I feel like I'm, something, I, I'm supposed to be here for more, you know? No matter where, you, where you're at, if you are an athlete, if I put you in a corner and said, you're an athlete and that's all you are good for and that's all you are, you would probably fight me, right? If I said you're an artist and that's all you are, that's all you're good for, you'd probably be like, oh, awesome, finding somebody to acknowledge me. Uh, but you probably would hate that too. Okay, I'm an artist, so I can say that. I can't say that. Uh, but m most likely you have some sort of sense that you, you, you're meant for more. And the thing is, you were meant for more. You were meant for something so much more different than what you are experiencing now. Some of you guys... Uh, you know, this might be the first time you've been here for a long time. Some of you are seasoned, you've been walking with Christ for a long time, and you know uh, what I'm talking about whenever I say that your identity isn't really in you anymore, is it? See, we were made for something different. In the beginning of this book, the Bible, we read about this perfect, perfect world, right, that God created, and he made it just for human beings, Okay, we were his, his prized possessions, his, his prized creative uh, thing. He sculpted, and, and the thing is, he wanted, uh, the reason for doing that was because he wanted to be with us. He wanted to walk with us. Man, it says in the, in the evening, he, he came and he just walked with Adam and Eve. We were built for that relationship. We were built to walk with our Father, to be guided by our Father, and then we go to the end of the book, the end of the Bible, and we read about heaven. And we come up with all these crazy ideas about what heaven's going to be like and stuff like this. But you know what's going to make heaven good? What's going to make heaven awesome and something that I can't wait for? It's the fact that God's going to be there. That God is going to walk with me. And he's going to walk with you. 
and you get to be with God just like you, it was, you were designed to in the garden. You get to be with God once again. But then somewhere in the middle, <laughs> where we're at now, we think it's about something entirely different, right? We have this us that we've kind of created and stuff like this, our parents telling us who we are, and then we go to school, and then they smash it. There's all these pieces. We're trying to pick up all these shards and pieces, and we're trying to put together and figure out who we are, right? We don't know who we are anymore. And it's just that cycle of putting it together, and then finally like, yes, this is me, right? And then guess what? crisis happens, transition, you move away, go to college, something like that, and that gets shattered. It doesn't hold up. It's never enough. So you re-put yourself back together, midlife crisis, you know, seasons of trying to re-identify myself, right? And it's just a constant state, this cycle went over and over again of trying to piece ourselves back together, and then it just breaks, because we're trying to find significance, we're trying to find purpose, we're trying to find uh, who we are in these broken shards whenever we have a completely different thing we were designed for. See, with Jesus, okay, that life that we were designed for was made possible. Okay, God, he came down in the form of this Jesus, and he loved us, and he walked with us. And try to show us the way, the way that we were truly designed to live. And we didn't like that because we're too whole, <laughs> we're, too, we're too tight gripping and holding on to those shards of, of, of old us. We didn't like it, so we killed him. We tried to say, that's not who you are. But then he said, yes, it, yes it is. And he rose from the dead, Right? rose from the dead and paved the way and made it possible to where we can live with God and walk with God again. Sure, it's not like in the garden and it's not like in heaven right now, but we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. If you were baptized and you were buried and, and you rose again, you have that Holy Spirit inside of you. You have God in you walking with you, talking with you, guiding you. And we get to have a taste of heaven, a taste of the garden right now, right here today. But it's something that you have, to, you have to step into. You have to be willing to become, right? There's somebody that was, if anybody knows uh, what it's like to re-identify themselves, it was this guy named Paul. I don't know if you know Paul, uh, but he wrote the New Testament basically. He wrote a lot of what was here. So today we're going to be in Romans 8, by the way, so if you just want to turn there. Romans 8, starting in verse 12. Okay, Paul was the guy who completely re-identified himself, right? He was a guy, he was a religious zealot, okay? He was all about Judaism, all about the law, all about his version of what faith was, about how, how and all these rules and things that had to be kept, okay? So he's going, and he sees this religious sect that just kind of branches off of Judaism pop up uh, called Christians. Who's, they're saying that this guy was God. That's blasphemy. That's, that's ridiculous. Not only that, but he rose from the dead. That's stupid. And he tries to snuff that out. He starts going, and he starts persecuting, trying to be a part of their deaths, imprisonment. He's traveling around trying to figure out how we can take him down. Until 
the guy that he's saying was false, not real, that he's dead, that he was crucified and done, showed up before him. All of a sudden, he's sitting there on the way to go kill Christians. That he sees Jesus, the guy who he says wasn't true. He says, why are you persecuting me? And from then on, guess what? He completely re-identifies himself, right? Instead of uh, going and trying to hurt Christians, he's trying to help Christians. Instead of going and traveling around trying to, to speak against Christians, he's going around and preaching for them. Complete re-identification. He became a new person. A new person. And he's talking about this in this passage, in the scripture, about this new way of living, okay? This new way where we are walking not by ourselves, our flesh, our old us, but by our new self, a self guided and by the Spirit, a life that is in the Spirit, by the Spirit and for the Spirit, okay? It's trying to step into this new, new you, okay? So let's take a look. Let's read this together, all right? Uh, starting in verse 12. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. If you live according to the old you, you will die. That constant cycle. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, the old you, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. If you have that spirit inside of you, you are his child. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, to fall back into those names, to fall back into that anxiety, but you received a spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father, my Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children of God, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. There's a, a few things that you need to know from this passage okay, that are very, very, very key. Okay, When we're in the middle of this life and you're in the middle of this this brokenness, and you're trying to piece together who you are, okay, it's not so much you trying to dig down deep inside of you, trying to figure out deep within you who you are, and it goes out. It's more like coming from him down to you. It's not so much who you say you are, and you're telling God. He's telling you who you are, okay? Because in this life, you're not yours anymore. You're his, all right, the first point that I want to point out is uh, if we start in verse 14, okay, it says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received a spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Okay, your new identity is that you are a child of God, you are His child. You're no longer yours, you are his. He is the one that's holding you in his arms now, speaking into you, telling you that he loves you, that he'll always be there for you. He's speaking your identity into you. You no longer get to decide who you are, God does. It's not, no longer up to you, it's up to, it's up to him. 
And what you need to do is you need to search for your identity in the word, okay? You might be like, well, God's speaking my identity into me, into me but I've never, I've never heard him say anything to me. Thing is, he's, he's been saying a lot, and he says a lot about his people, about his children. And I dare you to open up this book, dust it off if you haven't read it in a while, and look up in the old Google, you know, attributes of children of God, and you read, and you find, and you discover what God and who God says you are. Search for your new identity, and then discipline yourself to fight and live in your new identity. Now, this gets into the whole faith part, where you have to... uh, like, this isn't going to active, this isn't just going to passively happen. You're not just going to turn into a child of God automatically, right? Because our automatic selves are part of that cycle of death and decay, right? That cycle of brokenness where we piece together ourselves and it breaks, piece together ourselves and it breaks. Uh, we have to be able to put that aside, put the old us away, and then fight for our new identity. Because if we just automatically let whatever happen, that's going to happen. We have to be mindful. We have to be diligent. We have to to seek out our new identity and make it happen. And you have to read and figure out and uh, who God says you are. And then you got to be able to step into that with both feet. You can't have one foot here, one foot there. You can't keep that door open just in case you ever want to walk back in. You got to shut the doors. You got to lock it up, and you got to be done with it. The next point I want to point out is starting in verse 12. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Now, if you want to fully live, you must fully die. All of you. You can't go into the baptistry Hold on to some of those shards and you're getting dunked with and trying to take them with you. You can't do that. Some of you are, those, those, those key broken pieces are so much a part of you that you're not willing to let it go because you'll forget, you think that if you let go, you'll forget who you are. I myself, my life has been just coated with this whole sadness theme. I don't know why, but it's just, it's there. And it's part of me realized that I, deep down, didn't want to get better. I didn't want to be happy. Because so much of my life, I didn't know a Zach that wasn't sad. And if I let go of that old me, all of a sudden it's like, do I just cease to exist? I, I felt like I was going to lose myself entirely. But that's what this is. It's, it's the, it's the you've got to fully die, and you've got to fully step into the identity that Christ gave you the identity that your Father in Heaven is speaking into you. And I'm not saying that you just forget about it, you know, just forget about it, it's, it's done, it's over, you know. Like, no, no, you, you suppress that and it's just going to destroy you. Because if you don't understand what happened in the past, if you don't understand what guided you and shaped you into this direction that you were going now, it's still going to control you. If you don't know how to if you don't know the ins and outs of a vehicle and you've never seen a car before and you hop in, guess what? It's going to drive you. <laughs> You're not going to be able to drive it. You've got to understand. You've got to know how it works. You've got to know how you got to where you were and where you are now so you can understand how it controls you so that you can start combating it. 
And doing that will look like a lot of different things. Uh, it might look like counseling. Don't be too prideful to get counseling. It might look like sharing feelings with somebody else. It might be uh, confessing past sins to some of your brothers and sisters sitting next to you. Because what you have to do is you have to actively put to death the old by the power of the Spirit. See, the thing is, you're not doing this on your own. You've been trying to do this on your own, right, your whole life, and no more. You're not doing it on your own. You have the Spirit who raised Christ from the dead. You have the power of that Spirit living inside of you, and surely, surely if that power rose Christ from the dead, it can break you and get you out and resurrect you from your addiction, from your past, from your problems, from that old identity that you just can't shake. But you have to trust that power. You have to trust God. No holding on to the pieces of the old you. You can't do that. You got to be able to let go. So let go. And then finally, if we look at the last couple of verses, starting in 16, the Spirit himself bears witness to our spirit that we are children of God. If you have the Spirit inside you, you are a child of God. There's nothing that's going to take you from that. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him, in order that we may also be glorified with him. The glory and identity, your new identity of Christ, is received when the, Christ, the life of Christ is lived in you. Your new identity isn't going to magically happen. It's going to be whenever you actively start stepping into becoming like Christ. Because that's the, that's the end goal. Like, that's... The, the us that's, that was there in the garden and the, the us that's going to be in heaven, guess what? It's going to look a lot like Jesus. A lot like Jesus. And you can't just keep fighting it now. Trust God that the identity he gave you is true and it will not fail you. You have to be willing to jump all in. And I know it's scary because if you jump all in, you might lose who you are. That's what you, in your mind, that might be what you think. But the more you become like Christ, the more you step into who God is calling you to be, the more you, are be, you become his child, the more you will become like the true self that you were designed to be. The more you will become like the actual you. You will feel more whole. You will feel more complete. And I know it's counterintuitive. The more you become like somebody else, the more you become like yourself. But that's what you need to do. Become like Jesus. Pursue relentlessly the life in Christ that you are made for. The thing is, if this is what you are made for, then why not desperately, relentlessly, Try to get there now. With everything in your being 
pursue that walk, that relationship, that walking with God, that being guided by God, that, that relationship that we were designed for now. Don't, don't hold on to the old you, but be pushed forward into the new you, the new you that you were meant to be. This week, if you have time, open up your Bible. I challenge you. That's your challenge for the week. Look and read and discover who God says you are. And then I want you to find one thing, just one, nothing crazy, just one thing. And try to become that. As you trust God and you step into that identity, man, he's going to bless you. He's going he's to comfort you. He's going to say, good job, son. Good job, daughter. He's going to bring tears to, to, to his eyes because he's so happy that you finally came back to walk with him. Because he, God, he, he wasn't somebody that just created everything and just left. The thing is, he's been pursuing you. He wants so many of Jesus' brothers and sisters with him to walk with him, that, that he sent his own son to make that happen. See, we come together every Sunday to be around this Jesus, this Jesus that he came and he died and he rose again, and he made it, made it all possible for us to live this new life, to re-identify ourselves. The old us is gone, the new us is here, and you might think that, yes, it is going to be hard. It's going to be tough. You have to join in on his suffering for you to join in on his glory, and it's going to be glorious. But the thing is, his suffering, man, <laughs> if you think your pain is hard, look at what he went through. Look at the pain and suffering that he went through just for you. If you think your load is crazy, just think of the load that he had to carry. If you think that I can't do this on my own, guess what? You have the spirit inside of you, and not just the spirit inside of you, but you have your brothers and sisters sitting next to you right now. You've been holding on those, those shards, those broken pieces. You've been carrying them on your back for so long, and your brothers and sisters are sitting next to you right now trying to figure out why you're trying to carry it on your own when they're right there ready to bear your burdens with you. It might look like confessing. It might be, look like, you know, sharing something that you have done wrong. And guess what? It's not to share that so you can be condemned, so you can be judged, but because we are all messed up. We are all just broken individuals that have done a lot of nasty stuff and still do stuff that we're not proud of. But the thing is, Christ, his power, the power of the Spirit is so big that it's, it's going to cover all of that. And that's the hope we have, and that's the reason why we come around and we celebrate this. The reason why we celebrate Jesus, because his power is greater than our past, our old identity, our old selves. It can be conquered, and we can be made new, just as Christ was raised from the dead and he was made new. That is what we have promised in us and for us. So as we come together and we take communion, we, we remember this whole... His body, that bread that was broken, the, the cup of juice, his, his blood that was spilt, all the pain and anguish that he went through to make this possible for us, to where the original, what we were designed for, the walking with God, can be made real right now, and his spirit can guide and lead us. Now, will you celebrate that with me? Will you step into your new identity? Will you see the old you and be sick of it? 
be tired of all the brokenness and the, you're just tripping over yourself and you're trying to piece together things and it's just falling apart, but step into the new identity that Christ has made you for. Please, will you do that with me? I'm going to pray and we're going to take communion and we're going to celebrate Christ and what he has done and we're going to sing some songs. And if you need anything, if you need prayer, if you need to talk to somebody, uh, we're going to have people all around uh, in the front and stuff like that that you can come and talk to us. I would love to talk with you. I'd love to get to know you. I'd love to pray with you. Please, let's step into this together. Let's become children of God, what we were designed for. God, you are good. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much for just your relentless pursuit of us, your children. The fact that you didn't let us just crumble and decay into death and despair, but you...